Hello everyone, my name is Ildar. Welcome to another episode of Ask Me About North Korea, a podcast about the most reclusive country in the world. In this podcast, I'm answering the most widespread questions about North Korean politics, society, and culture, in a short and concise manner, based on factual evidence. If you like this podcast, I would be grateful if you could share it, leave a positive review, or subscribe. You'll find the transcript of this episode, as well as some commentary posts, book and film reviews on the podcast's website, www.askmeaboutdprk.wordpress.com. You can also follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Telegram. Finally, as the name of the podcast suggests, please feel free to ask me questions in your comments and reviews. I will do my best to answer them in the next episodes. And now, let's start. Today's episode will be slightly different from the previous ones, because it will be an online discussion with an expert. I hope you will find it interesting and useful. Despite the fact that Zoom has been desperately trying to upset the sound quality, we've done our best to discuss not only the US domestic politics, but also its international consequences, and of course, potentially its impacts on North Korea. So Professor Dmitry Pobidash is an associate professor at the Ural Federal University in Yekaterinburg, Russia, where he teaches English and history of Russian-American relations, as well as world politics. Uh, Professor Pabidash authored over 50 articles and monograph chapters on international relations that were published in Russian, English, and Ukrainian. He also taught at universities in Serbia, Thailand, the Czech Republic, and in the United States. Also, Professor Pabidash provides consecutive and simultaneous interpreting at official visits and conferences in many countries around the world. Thank you for being with us here. Thank you for having me, but I would have to would like to emphasize that politics is mainly in the past and I'm mainly concentrated on teaching English and uh, and on interpreting. Well, we'll try to be as far away from Russian American politics today as possible. Uh, and I will be trying to bring you back to this favorite subject of mine. <laughs> um, so we all know that um, the United States had their elections. They elected President Joe Biden. And now everyone is very curious about what the next strategy of the upcoming administration will be. Since President Biden served as vice president under President Obama and President Obama's pivot to Asia strategy was rather focused on East Asian security. Do you think that uh, we can expect from the upcoming Biden administration more focus on East Asia? Well, first, I would have to repeat that I'm no expert on uh, Oriental studies at all. Uh, so I will be trying to speak mostly of uh, the situation in the United States in general. And uh, yes, Biden was quite prominent in uh, American politics since, if I'm not mistaken, 1970s or so. There were, I remember, photos of him participating in uh, Soviet-American negotiations on uh, nuclear non-proliferation treaties. And recently, both he himself and uh, uh, his, well, his followers in the Democratic Party 
were trying to say that uh, were trying to accuse Trump of being too unilateral, too, if not neo isolationist, but too focused on America only in international relations. So uh, we will expect, I think we are going to expect uh, more of a turn to multilateralism and to more participation of America in different international institutions. And uh, as uh, Biden was quite involved in nuclear non-proliferation and uh, arms controls issues, it is logical to expect that he will be more inclined to multilateral efforts in these two areas rather than Trump. Right. But considering the domestic turmoil, especially the um, that, that uh, events that unfolded in the US Capitol several weeks ago, do you think um, all that will prevent Biden, at least at the beginning, from developing this multilateral policy line, not only in East Asia, but also in general? That's a very interesting issue and uh, a very touchy issue, I would say, for Americans. And uh, on the one hand, uh, it, is, oh, it is the Trump of the Biden administration. <laughs> Pardon me for the bad pun. Uh, it is the strongest card of the Biden administration that they are trying to emphasize their return to multilateralism and they accuse uh, Trump and his administration of uh, uh, spoiling the image of America in international politics. But uh, interestingly, this return of America to diplomacy first, as they say, to multilateralism, to more uh, participation in international institutions like the climate change agreements, like the non-proliferation collective efforts, as opposed to Trump unilateralist approach. All these things are of interest to uh, democratic elite, to the political establishment of that well, left wing uh, to the elites of the two shores, uh, the Atlantic shore and the Pacific one. But uh, the majority of the Republican electorate is not interested at all in international politics. And interestingly, some of the Democratic electorate is also not so much concerned about American participation in all those international institutions, economy first. So they will be judging Biden administration mostly by his success or failure in uh, managing domestic economic issues. And first, uh, interestingly, Biden, Biden understands that. And uh, they already said that the very first thing they would like to do, their, their major priority is uh, dealing with the economic situation within the country and dealing with the consequences of the coronavirus pandemics. Well, again, it is linked with the economic situation within the country. So as it is usual with uh, recent American administrations, they start with uh, economy first, quoting Bill Clinton, it's the economy stupid. But then 
if they fail to achieve wonderful immediate results in the domestic economy, they will try to find um, a lightning rod, uh, a thing which would be helpful in deviating from this uh, major focus of American political life. Uh, so they will need a bugaboo, maybe China, and of course Russia to, to divert the opinion, the public opinion, to divert the focus of the general population from domestic issues to international ones. In that respect, potentially a nuclear test from North Korea um, could be something of a lightning rod, I guess. And considering the most recent, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, Republicans will be uh, will emphasize the. They would describe it as the success of the Biden administration. All the efforts and all the, you can say, achievements. Well, okay, all the achievements, all what uh, has been done under the Trump administration, will be used by the Republicans as uh, their successes. And it will be used as cards in the political poker with the Biden administration. They will be uh, accusing the Democrats in uh, annihilating the results of the previous administration or destroying what has been achieved by the Republicans, including Korea, including Iran. And uh, interestingly, I think even the uh, New START negotiations with Russia, again, can be used by Republicans as, uh, as an illustration of uh, the failure of Biden administration, irrespective of what in reality Biden administration will be able to achieve. Republicans will be using it as uh, an illustration of their success and of democratic failure. Do you think in that respect, uh, Trump's summits with uh, Kim Jong-un can be described as diplomatic success? No, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I'm no expert in uh, North Korean things, in things North Korean in general, and uh, Kim Jong-un in particular but uh, as you remember the situation with north korea has been like this like pendulum for the past 20 30 30 years uh, and uh, of course republicans will be saying that we managed or trump managed to organize this personal meeting and he managed no he didn't manage anything and even the very fact that uh, the American projection of power close to North Korea did not change anything dramatically is uh, a very clear illustration of the fact that North Koreans were not influenced at all by the American uh, politics. I mean, in the long-term perspective, because short-term, yes, you can discuss this was more of a success, that was less of a success, but long-term, nothing has changed. So in that respect, uh, for the US, it wouldn't make sense to continue engaging them through symmetry 
and uh, no i would disagree with that uh, in my opinion but again it's my personal opinion uh, any return to multilateralism is much better to the institutions of global governance it's much better rather than falling back to the world of absolutely sovereign leviathans and nobody can influence them and in this increasingly globalized world we need more and more institutions of if not cooperation then at least of trying to understand each other building up these new or restoring old constructs of if not working together, then at least of building a dialogue. Otherwise, it will be a world of completely sovereign countries and everyone does what he or she wants and eventually we will, we will split into a world of, as I said, completely sovereign leviathans with no institutions of global governance while all the issues of global importance need uh, our well cooperation but it's not all that popular word nowadays but we do need international cooperation the more the better and that is why of course i i am for as much multilateralism and as much involvement into international institutions as possible and biden is much better at that rather than trump we know that president biden promised to return the us to the joint comprehensive plan of action more commonly known as the Iranian nuclear deal, to ensure that Iran doesn't get nuclear weapons? It's difficult to forecast anything in this respect, but uh, the issues of the present, if not the present administration, but already they declared that they're going to work in this direction. So it, it leaves some, some space for hope. And could it be a model for other countries? So not only for North Korea in that respect, but potentially Pakistan, India, and question mark Israel? No. <laughs> Every situation is unique, and uh, we've seen the six-party talks uh, about North Korea. No success at all. Although I think it was it used to be a much better idea rather than unilateral attempts of the United States, if only for the fact that the six countries tried to work out something together, which is in itself a very helpful thing, very promising thing. But uh, as you know, no results with the six party talks in North Korea we might argue that uh, the joint comprehensive plan of actions uh, around iran failed because of the unilateral actions of the united states okay but can we imagine a similar approach to israel i don't know pakistan well that has been quite an issue for the past again 30 years 40 years probably 40. Mm -hmm. I guess it's also different considering the fact that both Pakistan and India have never joined the NPT. No, and uh, again, there is kind of a dead end over here because uh, this unwillingness of the 
P5 to, well, from the perspective of the non-nuclear -wep non weapon states, uh, the P5 are unwilling to uh, disarm, which they are supposed to do under the NPT. But, uh, and that is why we've been witnessing this movement towards a complete prohibition of nuclear weapons. But uh, it's impossible to envisage P5 in the nearest future foregoing nuclear weapons. So again, we are at a dead end. I'm sorry to have to say that. And this brilliant and wonderful success in uh, finding a compromise between nuclear states and non-nuclear weapon states is at a standstill at the moment. So maybe there is some hope in uh, continuing working with the uh, CTBTO, Comprehensive Test Ban Treaty Organization. So there is some hope in promoting that organization. And of course, we have to emphasize the importance of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty, but P5 emphasizes its importance as the cornerstone of the nuclear non-proliferation system, if only it uh, sort of makes it uh, completely legal that only these five countries are, pardon me for the tautology, legal possessors of nuclear weapons. But uh, non-nuclear weapon states are, of course, increasingly dissatisfied with the NPT. But if we reject NPT, what do we have? This new treaty, which will not come into force, well, it, it is, it has come into force already, but it is not legally binding for P5. They are not going to be a part of it. And that will probably result in the spread of these de facto nuclear states? Oh, on the one hand, uh, there has been already some rumor that uh, we can, or not a rumor, uh, an idea in the air that we can already count Iran as the 10th nuclear weapon state. Of course, they don't have nuclear weapons yet, but already they are on such a, on a threshold. They may have nuclear weapons, but what is most important, they may already use this either having or not having nuclear weapons as a political card. So, the situation is not very good, not very stable. On the other hand, uh, it is uh, not expected that uh, quite soon some other state would like to, to pursue a nuclear weapons program. If we look at the situation with North Korea and the neighbors surrounding it, such as South Korea and Japan, both of these countries have the technological capacity to go nuclear very, very quickly if the mm -hmm. situation deteriorates. Negative developments in this area might result in a massive arms race in the East Asian region, I mm -hmm. guess. On the one hand, they are uh, screwdrivers turn away from obtaining nuclear weapons, but on the other hand, they've been relying on the American nuclear umbrella to such an extent that uh, several years ago, I'm no expert, so I don't remember the exact date, uh, the Japanese uh, decided not to 
pour more money into their uh, anti-ballistic missile defense. They may have changed their opinion recently, but yet they still rely on the American nuclear umbrella for their defense. And uh, the multilateralism of the Biden administration, of course, adds more hope to, right. to uh, this side, this kind of reasoning that they would keep relying on the American nuclear umbrella. So with both of them seeing North Korea as a threat and having experienced sort of four years of Trump's presidency, do you think that Japan's and South Korea's trust in Washington has been undermined? Mm, well, yes, Americans uh, under America under Trump uh, has been withdrawing from many multilateral international, if not agreements, then regimes, can I put it like that? But um, no, first, uh, under Biden, America will, well, at least they have promised to come back to such multilateral arrangements first. And second, uh, uh, if uh, something is going to change the power politics dramatically, that's the continuing growth of China, of Chinese power. And uh, if China does something game-changing, something very dramatic, that will be the most uh, important thing. That will be the game-changer. So in that respect, I guess we can expect uh, North Korea to potentially become a small bargaining chip in U.S.-Chinese negotiations, especially at a more complex, at a bigger level, because there is a tra trade war going on between Beijing mm. and then The there. trade war is not going to go away, and uh, I am not... 100% sure about that, but uh, it is very likely that uh, American-Chinese relations will keep getting worse and worse, and uh, China is going to be used just as Russia is. China is going to be increasingly used as uh, this bugaboo in domestic politics. Uh, first, for these political reasons to demonstrate that we are so strong, we are fighting against the foreign enemy, and that is why we may not have uh, a lot of success in domestic economic issues. But also, for exactly domestic economic issues, Americans uh, may, even those who may not have liked uh, Donald Trump, many Americans actually liked uh, the attempts to reindustrialize the United States and bring back jobs to the United States. and. Uh, it's quite possible that uh, Amer the United States will try to continue this attempt to bring back jobs to the United States. And it might be an additional factor in U.S.-Chinese trade wars. If that keeps escalating, what do you think will be the end result? So will we end up with a Cold War model where the United States will have to contain China. Many Americans uh, say that we should concentrate on our domestic issues first. Uh, for example, uh, Ambassador McFall recently 
said uh, or wrote that said in an interview uh, that uh, we should yeah we should continue sort of promoting democracy all over the world but we have to set everything in order domestically first so americans will have a lot of problems within the country and uh, that will be the priority of biden administration both in terms of the economy and in terms of politics because the gap between the the two parties the political gap has been growing and there is also this tensions uh, within the parties themselves they are getting more and more radicalized and uh, the economy of the country keeps increasing the gap between the richest and the poorest and the gap between the two economies the globalized economy of the people who support the democrats and the more of a domestic kind of a traditional economy uh, typical of the republican electorate so with the, all this focus on economic recovery and probably political reconciliation even if there are desperate attempts on let's say the north korean side to attract washington's attention let's say maybe not by nuclear tests because the Chinese would be very unhappy with that. But let's say um, long range uh, ballistic missiles, then it will not really have any major effect because the US probably will stick to its previous position of strategic patience, of, which basically means ignoring this sort of things. Correct me if I'm wrong, you are the expert on North Korea, but uh, I vaguely remember that uh, recently North Korea has demonstrated submarine-launched uh, uh, ballistic missiles at a military parade or something, and they said that's the ultimate weapon. Do you remember any reaction from the American side? I don't. No. So North Korea in itself is not very important for uh, the American political establishment. I, uh, I'm sorry to have to say that Russia is not all that important. It is important only as, again, as a bugaboo, as something you can demonstrate and say, you see, here is the root of our problems we will have to deal with Russia because they are bad, bad, bad guys. And that is why you should not pay so much attention to our failures in uh, domestic economic recovery, because that's bad Russia. And the same model can be applied to China and North Korea as well, I guess. To Russia as well, when you blame American presidents for our bad roads or for anything, it's, <laughs> you know, we would have achieved wonderful results had it not been for the terrible Obama administration, which had ruined everything in Mother Russia. It's very typical, and it, it has been very typical of American administrations as well, that they started with, it's the economy stupid, we will concentrate on the domestic economy, and then they had to divert public opinion from domestic economic failures to some successful, wonderful, international, brilliant victories over autocratic bastards and again there 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 is an increasing i don't know shift towards this as you 
correctly said, I would agree with that, this ideological juxtaposition, democracies versus autocracies. The situation is yet much better rather than it was, let's say, in 1983 or in 1961, 1962. So we have come a long way from, well, brinkmanship, although there has, have been very troubling developments, like, downward spiral of unilateralism. I'm not blaming the Trump administration for that, of course, no, but maybe the new administration will help all of us to overcome this downward spiral of going further and further into hopeless unilateralism. These were excerpts from our discussion with Professor Dmitry Pabedash of the Ural Federal University. I hope that you enjoyed it despite the sound quality issues that were brought upon Zoom. If you have any comments, please leave them in the review section. Stay healthy and stay tuned. <laughs>